OK。Hello, Miffy. Hello, Zan Rose. She's back. I'm back. Oh, it's so good to be back. I feel so rested. I've I've never really had a holiday where I actually have come back and and feel good. I always go away and do so many things, and you running around going to see things and be at things and look at things, and you come back exhausted and you jet lagged. And I just went away on a nice little. 10-day holiday and sat in the sun some days and read some books and, oh, my God, it was delightful. You were wearing fisherman's pants in uh, yeah, Thailand as well, weren't much, you, Missy? Pretty close. <laughs> I got very, very close to the fisherman pant. Um, what was your soundtrack? I need to know what you were listening to. Were you listening to an innocuous music or did you actually listen to some cool music? Oh, we had nice music. I didn't have anything to do with the music because it was a holiday. So, and given I work with music, I feel like I just don't need to take charge in that department when I'm away. Oh, so, do you, so I do the same when people, whenever I'm away, people are like, oh, can you pick? I'm like, no, no. this is you. This yeah. is literally what I do every year, every yeah. day. <laughs> you pick. This is your choice. Yeah, I'm all for that. Um, I went away with a bunch of friends and we had a, a nice little villa in Phuket. And it was one of our friends' birthdays, so there was a playlist put together that was pretty much the entire trip got played over. A pretty amazing sound system, I must say, at the villa, um, of which of which we all appreciated, as well as the pool and all the other and the air conditioning and all of that. Um, but no, it was it was basically just some a lot of hits and memories that my friends had put together, and I had a really nice time on that. I noticed as well that you did a cooking class. Um, Brooke was in last week, yeah. uh, Brooke Boney, sitting in as part of the Bang Fam, and we were noting that you're unlike you know most cooking classes that I've done when I've gone to tropical holidays or places mm. where, like you say, there's not much else to do, so you do a cooking class. Mm. Uh, you kind of give up halfway when you start getting a bit pissed yeah. and then let the person who's teaching you just do the rest. But you actually look like you made good proper, authentic-looking Thai food. Oh, like you made little samosas and everything. We did everything and it was genius. I loved it. I've never actually done a cooking class. I love cooking, but I've never done a cook. Well, not since home ec at high school. <laughs> so, and Yes, was, yeah, home ec. Home ec. Do you reckon home, home ec still exists or oh. it's not woke anymore? Oh, it like should a- be woke because it's <laughs> genius. I learnt, I learnt about vegetarian food. They, they showed a soy in a can. Do you remember that? <laughs> like fake meat in a can. I remember learning about that and making some sort of other horrific dish that was really not very tasty. But I, I loved home ec. Home ec and business studies are pretty much like here is how you adult. Mm. This is, It's not, not necessarily going to help you get a job. This will just help you survive. Yeah, and thank God I did business math with a Z because <laughs> um, seriously, I... I I, there was, I, I, I was actually, because I did music, I got out of doing maths in year 11. I think I was the only student. We had a, only had 25 people in our class, so in our year. So it was, it was a bit weird that I wasn't doing it because everybody else had to. Um, but I, I really, seriously, business math has, has saved me. All that other stuff, never used it. <laughs> never, never. I don't mean to talk the maths down, but really, we've all got calculators. <laughs> I was with a friend recently who was starting to do like uh, additions via like, you know, basically add them up and carry the one. I was like, what are you doing? Your phone is right next to you. But it was also kind of charming. I know. And I felt bad that I'd had that reaction. And you'd like, forgotten how to do it. Why are you trying to, to use it? your brain? I know. Why would you do that? I know. Well, yeah, the, well, back to the cooking class. Though. So it was so educational and, and informative. Mm. And it was up, it was sort of up in the mountains and really lovely. I had a really nice time. Oh, just Very the whole holiday was just. A really nice time. Open your heart to 
so good. Matt Cain, who's the author and former editor-in-chief of a magazine called Attitude, has written this great op-ed uh, that featured in The Guardian about how Madonna changed his life. And he's a gay man who talks about growing up and kind of realising that he was probably gay at about the age of 11, around the same time that her True Blue album came out. And, of course, through the 80s, Madonna was always one who pushed the boundaries of not only, you know, sexuality and how women appeared, sexually very strong sexual personality uh, and very much about, like, I guess from my perspective, looking at a woman who's owning it for herself, not necessarily performing for the pleasure of others. It was very much about this kind of self-realisation and Mm. self-empowerment for Madonna. But from his perspective, he was just, you know, kind of talking about, I guess, seeing all the people that were in her life and how they had affected her life. You know, her dance teacher who was a gay man and really her mentor, the photographers that she hung out with. And, of course, remember, you know, in bed with Madonna uh, or Truth or Dare, as it was called in the States, you just met all of her incredible dancers who were all flaming homosexuals and that was just part and parcel of that story, and it's easy to think about that now and go, "Oh, yeah, that's everywhere." But back then, and there you know, was in the not 80s much 90s, representation there, yeah. at all, and also too at a time. Think about it: the AIDS crisis. Uh, anyone who was different or had sort of different sexual preferences was considered terrifying. Think mm. of those ads that they used to play on television. We'd roll the roll the bowling ball and, you know, yeah. there was the Grim, Grim Reaper. Reaper coming out. Like there was there was no positive representation of gay people on television as far as I can tell aside from within, say, Madonna when she did Vogue. Like she was referencing all of the, you know, the, the dancers and that whole scene, that underground club scene of the 80s and 90s that was going on in New York City. And, and like she was representing before there was even any kind of conscious representation of that culture and for that she was brilliant. There was one thing that he mentioned, which I don't remember this. It certainly, I didn't. I don't think I bought the record when it came out in the eighties. I was too little. But when like a not allowed, came out, not, not allowed, allowed. exactly. Not allowed. That was That's it. Late. Yeah, totally. Because um, she was radical. You know, she she talked about sex and she talked about what could happen if you had sex or you know doing things that your parents didn't like. It was classic teenager stuff, but so radical at the time. Yeah, and as I said, so self-empowering. Her, her album, Like a Prayer, apparently came with a copy of this handwritten note from her where it kind of said that um, I think he's he's described as being very tenderly worded, declaring that everyone with AIDS deserved respect and compassion regardless of their sexual orientation. And at the time when that was released, she was kind of accused of being irresponsible for her support of gay culture. But she would just rip into interviewers who were clearly homophobic. Mm. He described it as like a lioness protecting her cubs. And it kind of made, like it made me think about something that we talk about quite often on Bang On, which is, you know, she has always been the very example of someone who uses her platform to lift others up. Yeah. And, and she's always done that. She's uncompromising in doing that. She consistently has done that through her career. Uh, f- again, for me, I grew up, you know, with Madonna. I remember I saw her when she was doing the girly show tour when I was 15. Yes. I dressed up like her. I bleached yes. my hair blonde. Yes. Um, you know, and I wore a really kind of like, Photos, you know. Please. Oh, Hashtag Zan Blonde. <laughs> we want to see Zan Blonde. I was just like, yeah, I completely was, I was obsessed with her and Drew Barrymore and I used to just copy both of their haircuts all the time. Oh. But <laughs> What was that Drew Barrymore movie that was really raunchy? Mad Love? Mad Love. It? No, it was Poison Ivy. Or something oh, Poison like Ivy. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, she did a few shockers, didn't she? But I've always loved Drew. Yeah, I love her. But yeah, it just, I don't know, It. It again, it just, it, it, it completely affected me personally, you know, coming from a perspective of a, of a straight woman that Madonna still gave me this sense that my, you know, myself and my body was something for me, a very, you know, a lot of body positivity. Mm. But just that world that she, um, I, I just, I think that it's, you know, the, this op-ed by Matt is really taking a moment to say thank you, basically, for what you've done, but also point out that in this time where the other icons of that era, you know, Michael Jackson uh, and Prince and others have now gone, they're now dead and they're hailed in these, you know, high esteem, Madonna continues to create. She's often ridiculed for daring well, this- to create into older age and there's a lot of ageism that goes on with totally. Madonna and how she should appear and she's not... It's almost like that thing where someone dies and then they're held in higher esteem. But yeah. even like Prince was held in high esteem his whole life. There's no, there's no point, very rarely a point where Madonna is actually oh, someone steps on. back. Uh, goes, hang on, hang on, hang on. Backtrack. Bat dance. Let's talk about bat dance with Prince. <laughs> Wasn't a great moment. I, I played bat dance the other day and I still got so excited. You know what? I had, I owned bat dance. I bought that on like I don't know if you remember, but around the time that was Dickie released, Bale. it was like Dickie Bale. It, it came out in like a limited edition mini CD single. So do you remember those? Mm. They were like these, it was like the size of your fist, even smaller. So it was basically like a mini CD single and it would still fit in the tray, but it was like a miniature mm. one. And that was Bat Dance. And on the uh, B side, there was 200 balloons. That was the B side. But I used to listen to that nonstop. And it is a wild song. It is a wild song. I will not crazy. hear a bad no, word I, against I, Bat I was, Dance. I was, being, I was joking. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, we got a live one here. <laughs> Bat Dance. So good. Anyway, sorry, I, I totally interrupted you then. Which you can never tell we've missed it. Like we've missed each other. No, we've got so much to say. Tangents. And I, you hit on something there, though. I hate the fact, and given she's just turned sixty, I think in the last week, Madonna. Back to back to Madge. The fact that she has become a punchline quite often because she keeps mm. making work and she keeps refusing to live a life in a conventional way and to go away and be quiet, which is expected of a lot of. A lot of older women, and the more I'm learning, the more I'm reading that this is the case, she doesn't do that. And it makes me sad that she's a punchline. She's not, she shouldn't be. She should be allowed to continue to create. We don't laugh. I mean, we do laugh at the Rolling Stones because they're corpses on wheels, but... (laughs) And I love who, them. Who literally wear homie pedals? And I on love stage. them for I've it. I've been I, up close and I've seen those homie totally pets. homie pets. And I love, <laughs> I love them for it. But they're not ridiculed in the same way. No. And yet Madonna is, if she tries, you know, does the sexy thing or whatever. They, like, everyone's put it away, Madge. Put your vag away because you know that's she's, she loved to push that one out with her last record. And I thought, good on you. Push it up and forward. That's fantastic. You're still using it. Good on you. <laughs> Madge with the badge, push it up and forward. Oh, you know, on the what was that music? Was that in the pink leotard business? And she was, yes. she was all oh, hung up, thrusting. Yeah, yeah. It was Very all good. It, was, it was a whole whole lot of badge from Madge, and I think that that's a good thing. And she threatens us and she confuses us because she doesn't conform. And I'm I'm really happy about that. The last time that we met before you went on holidays, mm. it was the worth of your girth, and now it's some badge from Madge. <laughs> I feel like you were definitely. Setting setting about to start your own T-shirt line in a fun way. Yes. And I think that I will support it fully. Do you reckon the ABC let me do these? Because they're not really <laughs> on brand, are they? Go rogue. Go rogue. I'll just have to do them on my own. Oh, my God. Do you want to do a T-shirt afternoon? We'll knock we out a couple a of... We need a screen printing No, afternoon. we don't need a screen print. Just some of those iron-on letters. Let's do those. <laughs> You're coming to Melbourne. Yes. Come around. We'll have an afternoon and we'll come up with a few... <laughs> 
We're not going through ABC on this. This is private because they won't let us do anything. Lucky no one listens who works at the ABC. They'll never know what we're up to. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, and we can just do a couple of these and give them out to special lucky people. All right, I'll I'll bring the champers. Okay, good. What can go wrong? Nothing. I like sleep with them, pushing in with them. I like to sleep with them. Another tenuous link here. (laughs) I see what you've done there. Pin. Pin. Get it? Roach pin. This is my favourite story this week. So good. The Queen trolling Donald Trump as he visits the UK. The most controversial visit from a president, I think, in the history of ever. In living memory. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Trump turns up. Queen has to accept him, obviously, as a world leader of Mm. one of the most powerful nations in the world. She invites him over. They've got three dates. And we've seen those three dates that these that, that have been organised, and you've probably seen online where the Queen's sort of wandering behind him, like a oh, like he, she's trying to herd a corgi, <laughs> one of the corgis. That's how I felt. Go and have a look at that Giant one online. Orange That's, corgi. Yeah, he is. He's like a he's like a corgi that got fed too much. He kind of is actually because he's he's got the orange, but then there's the white bits around the eyes. Mm. Oh, he's yeah. a total Donald Trump is a giant corgi. Giant corgi. This is good. There's another t- There's another t-shirt. <laughs> Right, corgi. Okay, writing that down. <laughs> writing that good. Yeah, writing that one yeah, down. Yeah, and <laughs> anyway, the queen's done that. But while she's doing that, she's wearing a very significant brooch. She loves brooches. This is her mm. way of expressing her her thoughts and feelings. Because I think if you've watched anything or, or studied anything about the royals, the queen, her Majesty, is very adamant that she does not express her personal thoughts, her feelings. She does the job and gets on with it, all right? Yeah, yeah, there's always a line, isn't there? And, of course, as we've uh, learnt through the documentary series The Crown mm. on Netflix, yeah, um, I, we know how prote- I'd like. I like is. to call that an historical uh, <laughs> and factual document. Thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, um, she's wearing a brooch and this brooch – and it's so clever. If it's if it's real and if she actually meant it, it's it's hilarious. This brooch was given to her by the Obamas, but not as a proper sort of um, what do they it's call a state them? gift? It's not, it's not a an state official gift. gift. It was a personal gift yeah, and with their own money. With their own money, and it certainly isn't wasn't brassy and and wasn't all about America. But it was a very personal, simple gift, sentimental, and she chose to wear that while herding Donald Trump around on that day, which I think was, you know, I mean, if you don't know, know anything about the Royals, that doesn't matter. But I think for people who watch the Royals, they're going, uh-oh, because she makes very conscious choices when it comes to that and crowns and all that business. She's uh, showing where her allegiance is like. Yeah. And the next day, <laughs> she rolled up to tea wearing some sapphire brooch from Canada. And mm. Donald Trump hates Canada, hates um, Mr. Trudeau. Hates the lot of them. Probably wants to, you know, have cr- closed the borders there too. Wouldn't be Build surprised. Yeah. Um, and then on the last day. Oh no! But you know, did you see this? The shape of the Canadian one as well. This was a brooch that had never before been worn. Mm. So she cho- chooses to wear it for the first time ever when she meets Trump on the second day. And the actual sh- shape of the brooch is a snowflake. <laughs> Such a burn. Such a good burn. She's really letting loose in her 90s, isn't she? Oh, this is good. Day three for tea 
She rolled up wearing a brooch that her mother wore to her father's state funeral. How grim is that? That is the grimmest brooch choice you could possibly. Your mother's dead and this is what she wore to your father's funeral. Yep. Pretty good. But and the reason why everyone believes it is because have you seen that outfit she wore when after the day after Brexit was announced? Oh, she wore like a – it was kind of like a, a silent protest, wasn't mm, it? Mm, she wore a, like a blue outfit that had yellow flowers on the hat, a blue hat in a circle, which is exactly like the EU symbol that you see on the flags. <laughs> <laughs> she's a genius. You know what she's doing? She's making political statements via fashion. Mm. And we talk about this all the time, the power of fashion mm. and just how many things can you can do with fashion, namely denim, but mm. also how many things you denim can do with brooches. a brooch. Denim and brooches. <laughs> A game changers in the world. Mm. This, fashion will, is the communicator and the voice that she does not have. Exactly. It's amazing. It's fashion. <laughs> it's <just> fashion. <laughs> It's your mate from Spicks and Specksmith, the Slits. Yeah, Ari Up, who's sadly no longer with us. But Viv Albertine, the guitarist for the band, has written two books. One a couple of years ago, and it's one of those books that everyone told me, you have to read, have to read. And that's why I want to bang on about it. I finally got around to reading it four years later while I was away on holidays because I had, nice. had time. Had the time, yeah. The, the, clo- the book is called Close, 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 Music, 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 Boys, Boys, Boys. But I followed it up with her second novel that's just come out to throw away unopened. And I just want everybody to read both of these books. Just go and do it. Amazing. Not only to get the history of the Slits, which were one of the most revolutionary bands in their time in the UK, they were hanging around with the Sex Pistols, all that scene. But when you think about it, it was an all-girl band. When you think about that context within it, they had no one, no other women to look up to in terms of girls in bands on stages. It, it just mm. it barely existed. They'd been fed a, a canon of, of men playing rock music. And the way they approached their music and, and learning this through the book was fascinating changed, mucked around with song structure, but didn't even know how to play because they'd never even thought that they could do it. And then they did it and what they were doing was so radical as an outcome. It's just kind of nuts and the clothes that they were wearing, it's it's a wonderful read from that, but then you move more into Viv's life after it and she goes into a lot of it in the first book, but the second book, oh my God, it's, it's I don't know, when books come to you at the right time, mm. it really hit me it was I was fascinated by this it's I'm I'm not as old as Viv but it explores things like class and gender the roles that are forced upon us without us even knowing um all the things we talk about here on Bang On the complexity of being a woman in in her 60s the the complexity of family and history the role of men in her life oh my god it's like it's a brutal honest read and she deals with Anger as well, being a woman and being angry. And uh, it's just, it's, yeah, fantastic. I can't recommend it highly enough. What's the title again? Well, the second one is called To Throw Away Unopened. And the first one, Clothes, 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 Music, 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 Boys, 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 which kind of really says nothing about, I mean, it is about that, but it's a lot deeper than that. So, yeah, go and, go and, go and read those, I say. 
Awesome. Mm. I love it when you got the space to actually take things in and the fact that you <sighs> the fact that you feel like it's come to you at the right time maybe means that even though you were told a few years ago read it now's the time you're supposed to read it. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. What about you Zan? What are you banging on about? Well, I developed a very close and personal relationship over the weekend with my doona and my new pair of Ugg boots. Uh, <laughs> in I'm bed not... with Maduna. Do you remember that? Do you remember that joke from the nineties? <laughs> Comes full circle. <laughs> oh God, such a dad joke. But I still love it. Yeah. Um, I did get a new doona, and it's amazing, and it's very hard to leave bed. But that's not what I'm banging on about. Oh, I was sweet. actually. Bit... What did you go for? What sort of feathering? <laughs> that I don't care. Bang you know on about okay, a doona. Okay. You know what? I will tell you because I feel very luxe, and the only reason I got this is because it's stock take sale time, and I got it at half price. 85% goose down me for oh, You're surrounded by the large bird, <laughs> the large aggressive bird. Hope you, hope you sleep well at night, Zan. <laughs> oh, no, have I done something wrong? It's not vegan, is it? It's definitely not a vegan no, choice. No. Oh, you, um, know, you never know. They might shed those feathers and they pick them up off the ground. It's definitely when uh, <laughs> developed these dunas by foraging. They definitely just got what mm. was uh, dropped off afterwards. But, mm. yeah, no, it's it's beautiful thing. Sorry, again, I feel like I do this often, but I'm sorry to all my vegan friends yeah. for just for buying that doona. That's okay. You love it. <laughs> I was. I was in bed a lot over the weekend because I was feeling a bit under the weather. And so I ended up watching the entire series of You Can't Ask That, the oh. new season three, which is on ABC TV now each Wednesday night. But as the ABC is doing now, when a new series goes up, they're putting the whole series on iView if you want to watch it all. And I did watch it all. It's basically the concept is that it's people being interviewed, kind of looking down the barrel of a camera, uh, being asked questions uh, that they usually wouldn't be because they're considered taboo or rude or whatever. And they're, the people that are sitting in front of the camera are generally from a marginalised place in society. So, for example, in the third season, the first episode is survivors of sexual assault. There's ex-cult members in another episode. There's swingers, as in people that are in couples that have sex with other couples and other people, you know, go big, basically have gangbangs. Uh, and schizophrenics as well is another episode. So it's really broad. Like you can have really funny episodes and, you know, case in point, the first episode, The Survivors of Sexual Assault. Yeah, I've heard that's a difficult watch. I just, even saying it just then, I just got shivers all over my body. It is a very difficult watch. Incredibly powerful. Again, not only showing the questions that people ask, but maybe thinking about the questions that people should be asking in those mm. situations. Exactly. But it's just amazing television. And I think that what I love about it is that it's such a simple concept, but what it does is it provides that bridge of empathy because... You know, you may not know someone who is dealing with schizophrenia. You may know, not know someone who's an ex-reality TV show star. You may not know someone who tried to take their own life. And you may think, you know, why don't you just get over it? Why don't you just, ha you know, go for a walk? You'll feel happier then. Why did you do this? Blah, blah, blah. All these questions. And it just gives you an insight. You know, you, you take a moment to, to walk a mile in someone else's shoes and it's incredibly effective. So I just if you haven't watched any of them, all three seasons I think are up on iView. All of them are brilliant. But this new season, again, if you've caught up on the other two, all the episodes are on iView and it's just it's just breathtakingly good television. Yeah. <sighs> I was gonna say I've got so many other things I want to bang on about too. I've got oh, weeks what? of it. Oh really? Yeah. Good things. Um, Crafternoon, yeah, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Let's do this. You up, yeah. Bang Boy? Uh, can, can Bang Boys put thumbs up. Lock it in. Done. Lock it's it in, it's Eddie. It's a date. I'm sorry for saying that.
Bang on. Did you like my in bed with Maduna joke? It's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> so Suck it. good. I do. Double J.